Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of Fair Ones and Fairways. Noel Sosa in here with the hurricane, Fernando Rivas. Fernando! Hey, what's going on, Noso? Everybody, everybody had a good Christmas, good holidays, man. Enjoyed the time with their families and... Uh, I know there was a lot of boxing as well over the holidays, so... Man, you know, we normally don't get that this time of year, especially that kind of card. I mean, we haven't got that kind of card in decades, yeah. um, but so much to talk about. But yeah, man, how was your holiday? Had a good one? It, it was good, man. I spent time with the family. We ate uh, pozole, some good Mexican food, you know, yeah, and how yeah. we do it. Uh, and then, of course, we had the two big Christmas gifts, uh, Day of Reckoning and In the Way to Palace. That's right. So, man, we, we had a great Christmas this year. It's been a great year. Yeah, man, it's been an amazing year. Same thing, man. I, I know I put on some pounds, man, when I went and saw the family down there in South Texas. Boy, I, you know, they make it good down there, baby. <laughs> they yeah. make it good down there. And, yeah, we actually got to get together uh, to watch uh, some very special events, man. I mean, you know, 2024, and we're going to get into this throughout the show today because this is our officially our last, you know, pod of the year. But, man, what a year it has been for boxing, Fernando. We've said that so much because it's just been one thing after another. But to end things out, I want to say, like, with a cherry on top, yeah. man, day of reckoning. How about that? No, it's been it's been one of the best years we've had. You know, we, we cannot complain. Day of reckoning is probably the best card in a decade, at least. Yeah, for or, sure. Or more. I mean, it's... I think a couple of decades, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I haven't seen a, a card this loaded since probably back in the Don King days. That's right. Um, I know he had one back in 03, I think, with when we had Mayorga and Hopkins and all those guys in that card. You know, but for sure, this one competes with, uh, you know, for hardcore boxing fans, you, when I say revenge, night of the rematches, you right. know which card I'm talking about. That's right. That May, May of 1994, uh, it's considered one of the greatest cards of all time, which was the Chavez-Randall rematch. That's right. You had Jackson McClellan. You had uh, Nelson versus Leha. You had Simon Brown and Terry Norris in the rematch. And uh, that was probably one of the greatest cards I've ever seen. Absolutely. I was a kid when, when I saw that. And Day of Reckoning, you know, and I'm not exaggerating, I think it it compares with it. You can compete with that one. I mean, it's the only thing that even comes close. Now, listen, those were fights of significance, right? I mean, again, though, and you, you, again, I don't know how, you know, I don't want to do the math here, but we were young, and those are the kind of events that make you fall in love with this sport, man. Yeah. You know, we, we, and we just don't get that as much anymore, but boy, did we get a heck of a year this year. And let's jump right into it with Day of Reckoning. And we'll jump around the card a little bit, right? Because just yeah. points of interest and whatnot. I want to jump right into this one because I've been dying to talk to you about it. I, boy, I don't think I, I, I was so disappointed in the bronze bomber. And listen, I'm a huge Deontay Wilder fan. Same. You've come to expect a certain kind of element from Deontay Wilder, but we saw a different kind of fighter that, uh, you know, uh, or lack of a fighter, right? Uh, yeah. in that fight against Joseph Parker, what is your takeaway? Uh, of course, Deontay Wilder loses, uh, unanimous decision, a wide unanimous decision uh, to Joseph Parker uh, in his bout on Day of Reckoning. My, you know, my current thoughts are, you know, I think he's done. Mm. I think he's done. Um, but a fork in him, Fernando? Yeah, no, he's done as a big-time fighter. All that said, you know, he can still get a big-time fight and probably win it with one shot if he can land it, sure. depending on the guy. And so he'll always have that, in, in, you know, with him. You know, he'll always have that in his pocket. But, you know, it's... To me, the 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 biggest what's the word I could say disappointment out of, of the whole thing is that Deontay Wilder at, at one point has some good boxing faculties. You know, he didn't go to the Olympics for no reason. Right. He didn't become a bronze medalist for no reason. He had some decent fundamentals at one point, and you know he has gotten so reliant on that right hand, and 
so dependent on the knockout that he has allowed himself to regress mm. over the last few years. And, you know, he doesn't really have a team that, that holds him accountable. Um, you know, I don't care what anybody says about Malik Scott and Dees and all those guys. They have not been doing a good job. Anytime that you allow your fighter to regress that much over the last few years, you have not done your job. Mm. And, uh, you know, there's been reports over the last few years, particularly after the Fury fight, where they were saying that, you know, if if Wilder came into camp in a bad mood, everybody watch out. Right. Or, you know, he's not going to do this or he's not going to do that. And, you know, if you're the coach, you know, your fighter tells you he's in a bad mood, well, now you're going to hate me because I'm going to put yeah. it on you. That's right. Like, you don't you don't cave into your fighter. Right. Like, you're the boss when you're in camp. You're the right. The trainer is the boss. The fighter is the boss of his career. He dictates who he fights, and, you know, it's your job to get him ready. But when you're in camp and you're the trainer, you're the boss. And so for me, it's been a big tragedy uh, in a way to just see him allow himself to regress as far as he has. You know, I mean, you remember the Ortiz rematch. I mean, he lost every round till he landed the right hand. That's right. So he's it, this has been going on for the last few years. He just has become so dependent on the knockout that I think it has affected the, at one point, decent fundamentals that he did have at one point. They, they're non-existent now. Well, you know, uh, fundamentals and skills are something not you know commonly associated with Deontay Wilder. But you make a good point. I mean, you, they're not just giving out medals, uh, you know, at the Olympics for any reason. And, and uh, as devastating as as his power is, that's not what got him the medal. You know, it, yeah. it was some kind of boxing ability uh, that he had. So, you know, that being said, you're you're highlighting the point of what what we're looking at as a regression here. But let me ask you this. Um, you know, sometimes you buy into your own hype. You start drinking your own Kool-Aid, yeah. you know, and Deontay Wilder. I mean, listen, it's not an opinion. It's a fact. He's got the most deadly weapon in all of a boxing, maybe even the history of boxing, which is his right hand. Uh, sometimes that's just, you know, it, you know, you got it in your hand. You just can't make it to the bank on time to cash it. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what happened. Uh, but also, too, let me ask you this. I mean, this is the question I've wanted to ask you. Uh, did Tyson Fury take it out of Deontay Wilder? Did 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 that trilogy change Deontay Wilder? Uh, it could have. I mean, he took a lot of punishment in that fight. I mean, you know, especially in that third fight. You know, I know they it was given the fight of the year by a lot of people because both fighters went down. But if we're being honest, Wilder took a lot of punishment in that fight. You know, that's the kind of punishment that takes years off of your career, maybe your life. It was it was a pretty severe defeat yeah, and so so you know I could have taken it out of him you know and we've talked about this before but you know he's he's a multi-millionaire this guy he's made a lot of money you know he's no longer in a situation where he has to grind like he did before right you know he's made a lot of money you know he's taking care of his kids his family his daughter you know I think she suffered from spina bifida right like and right he's taking care of her she's good you know, he's he's a man that's at peace, and, and you're the one that said that. You know, once well, once you're at peace, you know, you when you find peace, you almost don't you don't want to go to war anymore. You know, well, you get tired of it. Well, everyone, you know, you know, they always say this man in business. You know, what is your why, right? Like, why are you doing what you're doing, right? Um, well, let's talk about boxing, the business of boxing. Deontay Wilder's why was his daughter. I mean, yeah. he was. Well, he, I think the story is he was like a delivery for like I don't. I can't remember if it was a beer company or like Coca Cola, something like that. You know, he's working the truck, making the deliveries, running the stop, making all right money. But his daughter's condition, he needed more, and he took to the ring relatively late, as you know, relatively uh, as to some people's, uh, you know, do. 
um, and took to it and, and had a special ability, right? Big yeah. guy, special ability, was able to uh, make a career of it, and, 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 and an exceptional career, if you ask me. You know, um, again, we were introduced to possibly the biggest punch in, in, in the history of the sport, you know, thanks to his journey. And, and here's the thing, and, and this is my take on it. Uh, Deontay Wilder, like you said, uh, in a conversation that we've had uh, off off the air here, is just at peace, man. The, 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 this guy won the game of life. You know, yeah. he, he has taken care. He has been able to provide everything that his daughter will ever need, everything that his family, his loved ones will ever need. Uh, he even alluded to it in the post-fight press conference. He's got some investments that are taking off. He's doing real well. Uh, obviously, career payday for him taking on this Joseph Parker fight where he looks like he didn't even show up for. You know, and he talked to talk, too. Yeah. I'm here to do this. It's amazing. But let me tell you something. Speaking of talking to talk, he's over here talking about, you know, traveling to parts of the world and, and taking ayahuasca and being at peace. He talked a lot about that. Yeah. I'm at peace. I'm at peace. I'm at peace. And he just had a smile. And you, and you saw him. They were baiting him. They were trying to get him to start talking trash about yeah. AJ and the press conferences and all that stuff. And he wouldn't do it. Yeah. The man is at peace. And, and again, that is a result of winning not just a fight. But the but at life, yeah. And I want to congratulate Deontay Wilder on that because what he set out to do, he has done. But he did know. To me, he no longer looks like a fighter. And again, we're basing this off of one performance here. But I'm that that's what I'm talking about. That case in point, you know, everything else excluded. To me, that didn't look like a fighter, didn't look like anybody who had any hunger in him. The killer instinct was gone. Remember, this man used to talk about killing people. Yeah. He talked about trying to get a body on his record. That version of Deontay Wilder is in another dimension now. In the dimension that we live in here on Earth, that fighter doesn't exist anymore. No, no, it's gone. And, and truth be told, I mean, he can retire right now and he'll be fine for the rest of his life. Yes, you know, if he wants to cash out big time, he can still hold out for an AJ fight. I don't even think he needs a tune-up. It's not necessary. Right. You know, because he, he can still land that right hand on any given night. Just, you know, chill. I would say just chill out. You know, if, if the big fight comes, take it, take your money, retire. But for sure, I think you can't possibly have more than one or two fights tops left in your career at this point. If you're Deontay Wilder, man, you're, you're chilling now. You're, you're enjoying life and, you know, you're getting away from the game and you'll be in the Hall of Fame. Right. Absolutely, for man. Sure. That, that right hand has done it for you, my friend. Congratulations. I mean, unless he makes some serious adjustments, I, I don't see how we ever see that Deontay Wilder that we've come to know ever again. Again, I think that Deontay Wilder exists in a different dimension. And this reality, this realm that we live in now, that guy is just not here. No, no. If Deontay Wilder would have worked on his jab more, if he would have thrown some combinations, I mean— this guy could have been even more dangerous. He would have been the scariest fighter that ever lived. Right. But it's just, he's gotten so dependent on that right hand. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, I think it it has cost him uh, some more quality fights that he could have had. You know, I don't see him, I really don't see him competing anymore at the elite level. He can probably cash out, though. He can yeah. cash out and, you know. A few more paydays still out you know, there. All power to him if he can do that and. But he needs to call it a day now. He, it's it's game time. It's getting to the time. Look, we're talking about Deontay Wilder. How about Joseph Parker, man? I mean, listen, he showed up. And yeah. again, what a year he's had. That was, what, his fourth fight of the year? Yeah, it's, it was a great bounce back year for sure. You know, I, we all kind of wrote him off. I know I did. I thought, you know, Joyce knocked him out, and now he's about to fight the biggest knockout puncher in boxing. I thought, you know, I thought he was – they had him dead to rights, I thought. I mean, I thought he was – 
I thought he was going to win every second of the first three or four rounds before he get he got caught and would be put to sleep. Right. I, I seriously believe that. Even as the fight was going on, I'm like, I kept saying to myself, he's about to get caught. Right. He's about to get caught. You just kept waiting for it to and happen. I just, yeah. And then finally he got to the seventh, eighth, ninth round. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> he might not get caught. But uh, it was a, a very impressive win. It puts him back at, at the front of the line to get a big fight. You know, he can, you know, rematch AJ. He can, uh, you know, challenge the winner of Usyk and, and Fury and be a good fight. Why not rematch uh, uh, Andy Ruiz? There's that. You know, that was a very controversial win. Right. You know, it would be good to, to settle the score there. So he's got some options. You know, uh, Big Bang Zhang, that'd be a good fight. I think that's a great fight. It's a great fight. You know, I would love to see him with AJ too. I mean, he's, you know, so there's still a lot of big names in the in that mix. And Parker threw himself back in that mix with, with this win for sure. I love it, man. Yeah, congratulations to Joseph Parker, who, you know, maybe this is something to be said about activity, right? In, 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 in an era where fighters, especially at the top level or, the, you know, the, the, the upper levels of the sport, don't fight four times a year. No. But this guy fought four times this year, won them all, and seemed to get sharper every time out. Exactly. And look, not all of those four fights were against top guys. They don't right. have to be. Right. You know, that's why, you know. That's what we talk about, yeah. though. They don't have to be. Just, no, just get just out fight, there. Just fight. Get active. I'm that's why Chavez fought anywhere from five to six times a year back in, in his prime. And we saw some of those guys on there. You know, you can look at the records. Right. But they were there for a reason. You know, if you had a, a, a fight coming up against a tall, lanky guy, you would look for a tall, lanky journeyman that you could right. work some stuff. Right. And, and give, get a few rounds in and stay sharp. That was the whole point of tune-ups. And, you know, it's a lost art in a way because nobody really does that anymore because they all want to make money. Yeah. But, you know, there was there was something to it. And I think Parker's doing that, you know, and it, it went to his benefit. You know, his record's built up. He got four quality wins. And he's back, man. So there's something to it. I, sure. I, I love the idea of just staying active. And, again, even if it's not all against just top, top fights, just stay active. Get in there. Show us what you got. You know, you know keep campaigning, right? Uh, and, you know, Joseph Parker four times this year, A.J., who had a great performance on the day of reckoning fought three times this year. I didn't yeah. think we were actually going to get that. He talked about that, yeah. but he somehow was able to go ahead and, and get, have an active year as well. I mean, it, yeah. I hate to say that three fights a year is active, but it is. And and that's kind of what he needs as well. You know, uh, someone like AJ in order to become AJ again and kind of reclaim that lost aura, mm -hmm. he's got to stay active. He's got to keep piling on the wins, keep tacking on wins, some good wins, some just stay busy fights. But you got to keep him active, you know, keep getting him sharp, keep having him improve. He's with a new coach again, I believe, right, is a new coach. Yeah. So uh, you got to build that chemistry again. What better way to do it than to stay active? I'm stay active. I'm curious to see, too, man, because I obviously spent this camp uh, with Ben Davidson. Uh, I, I wonder, is that now going to be a permanent change? Is he going to get back uh, with Derek James? I mean, that is uh, TBD, right, to be determined? I'm, I'm thinking it is. Uh but, you know, the way he looked against Otto Wallen, Boy. why not keep Ben Davidson? I, I mean, it looked, I mean, one of his better performances that we've seen in quite a while. You know, he fought gave, with confidence. Yeah. And, you know, Wallen gave Fury all he could handle for a while, went yeah. the distance with him. So, you know, and AG was able to get him out of there. So, why not? You know, maybe you find a, a good a good fit here with, with, your, with this coach. And, you know, let's stay active and build some chemistry up and let's see what we got. Listen, I want to talk a little bit more about AJ, but I'm going to backtrack just, just two steps here real quick because you're a coach, right? You're a fighter. Um, you, you deal with guys in camp. You know what that's like, right? Yeah. Um, I just want to backtrack just real quick before we dive deep into AJ real quick, who had a great performance. Wilder, uh, I mentioned this a second ago, a man at peace, right? That's why he, yeah. he is where he is. 
kept talking about ayahuasca. Do you know what that is? Man, I, I, I hear about it, man, but I, to be honest with you, I, I'm not too... Uh, so, so, so I, I'm not going to act like I'm, a, I'm an expert on yeah. the subject either. But from what I gather, it's it's a hallucinate, like you hallucinate, and it's something. I think you go see a shaman, and 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 it's basically like a, a concoction that's brewed out of some of the local, you know, the, the trees, the leaves, the elements there, right in the in the area, in the region. And they get it and they brew it and they have you drink this thing, okay? And it send and, and actually, I think you end up like throwing up. And then you go on like this crazy eight-hour trip, all right? You're 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 hallucinating. Yeah, you're in this other realm, right? Yeah. What is your experience, or what are your thoughts on fighters engaging in these kind of activities? Personally, you know, I would not want that during camp. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like I said I don't know too much about it, so I don't know. I don't know the legal status of it. Or- How about like in general? Like, I mean, you're you're an active fighter. Maybe yeah. you're not necessarily in camp, but you're an active fighter. Does this does this stuff have some kind of residual effect? I mean, for for me, I would think so. I mean, you've seen a lot of the guys like Chavez who partied a lot, you know, in his prime, and he says it himself. You know, it, it took years away from his career. De La Hoya has said the same thing. So, I mean, I would probably discourage it. And you know, when you retire, hey, have all the fun you want in the world. Do <laughs> right, what you want. Right. But you know, there's a reason guys like Floyd Mayweather don't doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, doesn't do any of that. Same thing for like B Hop. Yeah, yeah, you gotta stay disciplined. You know, boxing requires a tremendous sacrifice from you, you know, lifestyle as well. And you know, sometimes you gotta skip the party, sometimes you you can't have that drink, sometimes you can't smoke weed, you can't do none of the stuff that you normally would do sometimes because you're sacrificing for a greater good here, which is you wanna be the best fighter that you can be. You wanna make the most money that you can make, you wanna accomplish the most that you can accomplish. And you can't always do that if you're not 100%. So personally, me, I, I, all my fighters will tell you I discourage that. At the end of the day, they're grown men. They're going to do what they want. But, you know, when when they ask me certain things, I'm going to be blunt with them. I'll tell them, well, you know, this is why you got your ass kicked. Mm. You know, this, you know I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm a coach that I'm going to give it to you straight. I'm not going to BS you. And I'm going to say it bluntly to you. This is why. And uh, so I personally would discourage it. At the end of the day, you're a grown man. You want to do ayahuasca. The way you described it to me, I hate throwing up. So no, that's a that's a no for me. <laughs> I think I think I'm good on that. I'll, I guess I'll just never find out about that trip. I'm good. That's but a, uh, that's a trip you ain't taking. Oh, no, man. no, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, man, I, I can only imagine. Like I said, I've heard about it throughout the years, and then I just to, it was interesting to see Deontay Wilder talk about it so much. Yeah, you know, because he mentioned it, you know, several times. Even I think in the post fight. Uh, uh, interview and whatnot. He, he still talked about it, and yeah. he's just this happy guy. He's in a different place. And again, salute Deontay. You, you you did well for yourself. You did what you said you wanted to do. You became champion of the world. One of the you know most feared uh, weapons in the history of boxing. Belong you know was sitting right there on on in your right hand. Uh, congratulations. Yeah. I guess we'll see what the future holds. Yeah. I was just curious. I wanted to ask you yeah. about that. And ultimately, I guess the truth always shows up in the ring. And maybe that's yeah, a little bit it, of what we it saw. Does, it does. And, and look, shout out to Deontay. When it, when it all is said and done, you're going to put him in a list with George Foreman, Sonny Liston, Ernie Shavers. You're going to put him in a list with those guys because those guys were intimidators and some of the most you know powerful guys to have ever boxed. And that's the list you put him in, and that's not a bad list to be in. No, not at all. Tyson, I forgot Mike Tyson. Of Tyson's course, Mike Tyson, yeah. yeah, one of those guys. I forget Tyson, 
Julian Jackson, those type of guys, that cloth. He's yeah. going to be in that cloth for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Uh, congratulations. But, again, Joseph Parker ultimately gets the win. Back to the AJ situation. Uh, how would you grade that performance? I mean, given the opposition, given everything, how would you grade AJ's performance? Uh, I mean, you know, he won easily, it seemed like. But how would you grade that performance from AJ? I would give it right around an A. A, you know, not an A+. Ace plus, the test. Yeah. A, he aced it. You know, he took this guy out. Fury couldn't do it. You know, he uh, he looked composed. He looked, I mean, he looked pretty solid. I mean, this is what you wanted from Anthony Joshua. I had some people who were picking Otto Wallen to uh, to upset AJ. I mean, there were people who were dead convinced that, man, AJ is just done. This guy's going to be too sneaky, too tricky. Again, basing off his performance against Fury, Otto Wallen's yeah. performance against Fury gave him hell. Um, more than people expected. Uh, they thought that this guy <laughs> was gonna beat AJ. Yeah. I, I was trying not to buy into that, but I wasn't. You know, I wasn't just completely. You know, shooing away that thought because yeah. we don't know where AJ's at, right? Yeah. But to me, this is the AJ that I wanted to see. I said, man, the perfect performance from AJ would be going here and blow this guy away. I'm not saying he blew him away, but he sure as shit dominated him. Yeah, he did, and he. Took, got him out of there in, in yeah. relatively good time. I mean, he yeah. didn't go out there to take him out one, two, three rounds. But what, what, what was it? Five rounds, six rounds? Five. I think he retired after five. Yeah. I, I, to me, that's an impressive performance. Yeah, that's good. I, I definitely that's, give it a solid yeah. A. Like you said, maybe yeah. not A plus, but a solid A. Yeah, and that's what you want from him right now with these guys. You definitely want that. He's, he's showing you that he still has that killer instinct. He's still hurting fighters at the top level. So, you know, he still has some fights left in him. He might be bouncing back. You know, maybe not exactly how you want him to, but he's bouncing back and he's he's going the right direction. And again, maybe evidence of activity. I activity. mean, that's his third fight this yeah. year. I mean, when was the last time AJ did that, right? Exactly. And and look, I mean, look at Canelo when he was active that one year. when He, had, he looked really sharp. Really good. Activity helps. And I, I say this all the time, activity helps. You can't just fight once or twice a year and think that you're going to look good every time. It just doesn't happen. That's right. You know, you're bound to have a bad night. You have to stay active. I, I love it. I love it. Active fighters. AJ looks good, man. Fifth round TKO against Otto Wallen, who, well, he, he retired on the stool, correct? Yeah. Yeah, they stopped it. I think it was like a, was a broken nose or something like that. AJ looked good to me, man. I like the way he was placing the shots. I like the decisions he was making in the ring. I like the way he was moving. And obviously, how he fought to me for the first time in a while confidently. Yeah. That is the number one thing that excites me. Because let me tell you what, a locked in, confident Anthony Joshua is AJ. That that's where AJ lives is yeah. in that realm of confidence, knowing that he can and will step to you and and put a hurting on you and and let you know who the boss is, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, that that's the version of AJ I want to see. I, I'm curious to see if he continues with this new trainer Ben Davidson or if he goes back, uh, you know, down to Texas uh, with Derek James. We'll see how that plays out. I'm very curious about that. But n nevertheless, AJ, congratulations. Congratulations for sure. And if I'm AJ, I'm hoping Fury can beat Uzik so we can set the biggest fight in the UK. Yeah. Maybe in Saudi. You never know at this point. But <laughs> Yeah, I think that's where all the money's at right now, man. <laughs> but, <laughs> I think that's where the money's at. I think those guys are outbidding everybody right now. But yeah, I mean he's you know, he's back in the driver's seat, you know. We're just gonna wait behind those two, see what happens there and He's, you know, he's still a big name, still one of the biggest names in the heavyweight division. A couple other things I want to touch on here. Uh I think knockout of the night. 
Uh, who would you say that goes to, man? Because there was a night full of knockouts. Only two of the fights did not result in knockout. Of course, Dimitri Bivol wins unanimous decision, although he knocked down his opponent. And again, there were no knockdowns, no knockout in the Deontay Wilder fight against yeah. Joseph Parker, ironically. Yeah. But uh, all the other fights, nothing but knockouts, man. Who would yeah. you say had the knockout of the night? I would give it to the best cruiserweight in the world right now, yep. Jayo Pataya. Who you know, lost his belt, by the way. For staying too active. How, how's that? How's that for... The, the not, wild world of boxing. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you see some bull, some bullshit going in boxing, but my god, this was probably the you strip you stripped this guy for being too active. What the fuck is I that? I mean, how, what, how do, what is that, man? Like Jesus. I mean, I don't know. At this point, I, we can't make this shit up. Anymore. We really can't. We really yeah, can't. This shit is ridiculous. You got Jamal Charlo, who hasn't defended his, his belt in three years. Probably about to go four now. Right. Still champion. There and he is. This guy is too active. I don't know. Yeah. I, Odd. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but definitely uh, he made a statement with his fist. Be- beautiful left hand. And by the way, he's still the ring magazine cruiserweight champion. There by the go. way, the only belt that matters. If there you, it is. For, for any casual fan out there, there's four main belts in every division. The only one that matters is the ring magazine. That's the go. only one that doesn't charge you sanctioning fees and all that other bullshit. When you have that belt, you're the guy at that division. There you go. So look out for people who have that belt because those are usually the real champions. I so, love it. I love it. That, that That's a good rule of thumb right there. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, boy, what a knockout. It was just one of those ones that you kind of knew was going to come at some point. Yeah. But boy, he got it. It was right there towards the end yeah. of round yeah. one. And the second he landed on the floor. Oh, yeah, that was it. it yeah, I knew it was always like, oh, man. I mean, the guy had his eyes, uh, what is it, eyes wide shut. Yeah. You know, that's, that is uh, <laughs> Elizoro. Who, you know, you got to give him credit for stepping up and taking on that challenge. And obviously, I'm sure that money was enticing as well. But, uh, yeah, man, in another class here, um, like you said, best cruiserweight in the world. What do you think the the future holds for Jared Is is he going to stay at cruiserweight, continue to campaign there? uh, People are already starting talking about him making that campaign up to heavyweight. Yeah, they're they're, they're alluding to it. uh, I think uh, his promoter said they're, they're thinking of going up. And I think it wouldn't be a bad idea. You know, you bring him along. Obviously, you don't jump him in with the the big dogs right away, but right. you get him some solid heavyweight fights, and I think you got something there. I mean, he's got the size for it. You know, he's got a great left hand. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's a southpaw. So I mean, he. I think he. I think it would be good. It wouldn't be a bad thing. You know, we, once he. You know, coming up coming up from cruiserweight as a former world champion. You know, he he, he can give some of those guys a, a good fight for sure. Speaking of fights, and that's what we do here, man. Talking about some fair ones. Uh, fight of the night. I think we thought that this might happen, yeah. but boy, the way it played out for me, this was one. Of, <laughs> this is one of the most satisfying victories I think since my Donna Broner. That, that that where I just felt happy about the way things played out. And I'm not trying to talk trash about anybody. You know, I always try to you know be be fair here. But you know, Jarrell Big Baby Miller. A lot of people wondered why they even giving this guy a chance. You know, getting popped the way he's got popped with PEDs, about every PED you could possibly fit into your body. You know, but here he is, big mouth, talking talking that big game, that big trash. Uh, you know, downing Daniel Dubois. Boy, did they put on a fight when they finally got it on in the ring. When yeah. the talking stopped and the fist started flying, they didn't disappoint. Yeah, and this was a big uh, redemption for Dubois because he's, right. he's had that. Uh, that rap that he's like a quitter, that you know both of his losses have been because he kind of he quit. The first one you can forgive him for because I mean it, it was his eye, right. and then the the second one he got knocked out by a jab. <laughs> it seems like yeah, and he he quit. But uh, this was a satisfying win for him. You know he he redeemed himself, and you know, big baby Miller. You can tell he 
you know, you can tell from the way he was holding, punching the Miz, he was just tapping. He was out of shape. Right. He thought he was going to knock him out. I honestly, I thought he had more dog in him that he would beat Dubois. But I was happy to be wrong. You know, Sergio Mora said it the best. Good riddance. <laughs> he said, "Good riddance," and, and 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 that should be it for him. I don't think I don't think he deserves any more big time opportunities. He, he should go to the to the end of the line, and you know, work his way back up. See, he'll have he, to earn it. See if he gets back up there. But yeah, no, this was this was uh, boxing's uh, way of justice. Boy, this was justice. There, it sure. really was, and and I love again how it happened. Right, Daniel. You know, I, when he got off to such a fast start, I was like, uh-oh. Is he going to let this big dude wear him down? Like, that's what I was worried about because he got off to a very quick start. A lot of moving, a lot of punches, a lot of output. I said, boy, Danny's a real muscular dude, man. It's going to be hard to keep that pace over over the, the duration of the fight. And But, boy, I, I think he did enough. And I think he dug down really deep to close the show because – I mean, you got to be dead tired by that point comes around in the fight. You've got this 330-pound guy, you know, pressuring you all night. Even though you're popping him, he's still coming forward. He's making you work. He's making you move. You know, that, that takes a lot. And no matter how, what kind of shape you're in, that is going to put you to the limit. But he dug down deep to close the show, and he did it in dramatic fashion. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it It was uh it was satisfying, you know. It was a satisfying win. That's man. really what it was. It's really what it was. I was watching it, man. And I was, you know, thinking, man, it's t- it's, it's a hell of a fight. Don't get me wrong. And I'm watching yeah. it, I'm like, ooh, ooh, every yeah, round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> but to see him, man, to see him get stopped in the t- in the tenth and final round, you know, there was what thirty seconds left or something. Yeah, it was, so yeah. it wasn't. Uh, he could have gone the distance, but to see him get punished, he just he that was all he had. He had nothing left, and you know, just sagging on the ropes. Yeah. I thought that was a beautiful picture. Yeah, you know, it was. <laughs> Because you know this guy, and, and and we don't celebrate somebody getting hurt like this, right? Or beat like this, but this guy has cheated over and over again. Has been popping, like you said, for every drug known to man, right? He's you know, and obviously he didn't read the instruction manual because he was still <laughs> f- pretty fucking fat. So how you still out of shape, yeah, dog? Yeah, what I mean, you doing, man? So hey, you know you you deserve that loss, you know, and big win for for Dubois. He's he's back in, again in the mix. I don't know who he fights right now. I mean. He's, he's he's got those two losses, but uh, there's some options out there though. There's options. Look, Reese is on the comeback trail. He's been wanting to come back for a while. He was there in Saudi. You know that'd be a good fight. You know, kind of a crossroads fight for both of them. It'd be good. It'd be good to see it. Um, but yeah, he he remains in the mix. This fight keeps him in that mix of of the heavyweight picture. And you know, back to the end of the line for. Darrell Miller, maybe maybe that's it. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. See you in another four years. I could, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, and there's some angles to work there, right? Yeah. I mean, everyone, you know, it's all, you know, who can you market? Who can you sell? Uh, Darrell Miller, because of his personality, is always going to remain very sellable. I don't think he deserves any more opportunities. And I don't ever really like to talk about that, about a fighter especially. But, again, given the record, I, I think you know where we stand on that. But we'll see what happens, man. But, again, congratulations, Danny Dubois. Really happy to see Dubois with that win. I'm I'm one of those guys who thought it was a legitimate shot against uh, Usyk. I'm one of those guys. I got to admit it. I thought it was a clean shot to the body. So I wanted yeah. a little get back for old Daniel. And I'm glad he's back yeah. in the mix, man. You know, I thought he landed that shot. I just thought it wasn't enough to knock him out. I thought he would have lost anyways. But yeah. he's a real nice guy. And he, he it was funny how he had that attempt at trash talking. <laughs> somebody, I'm your daddy. Somebody, I'm school, your daddy. <laughs> somebody schooled him on that one. They're like, yeah. all right, Daniel, you're going to have to say something. And he was so happy that he got it out. <laughs> he you could tell the, he's just, just smiling. smiling. Grinning ear to ear. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, I'm glad it worked for him. And uh, 
<laughs> yeah, you got your one line in, but ultimately you got your victory. You got the TKO. You got your hand raised. Congratulations, Danny DuBois. Look forward to seeing what happens with him next. Real quick, man, because there were so many fights on the card. We're not going to cover them all in detail, yeah. but I did want to mention this one because I thought a lot of people were surprised by it. Uh, Arslan Beck Mahmoudov. Uh, the lion, uh, who was always referred to as one of the most intimidating fighters on the planet. Yeah. Uh, you know, one hell of a puncher, intimidating, imposing figure, gets upset. Uh, fourth round TKO against Agit Kabaya. Kabaya. Yeah. Um, how about that, man? I thought that was a very entertaining it, fight, yeah, especially it, from how it started to where it ended. Yeah, very entertaining scrap right there. It was uh, for sure, you know, you know, and and. And uh, Caballel showed the blueprint for how to take down a monster. You That's work, right. You work their body. Boy. You know, anytime you fight a tall guy, the body's wide open. You're not going to reach that head all the time. Work their body. Cut them down to size. Work their body. You come down to size, and then you start landing those shots. And, and that's it. I mean, it was a perfect blueprint on how to take down a big guy. And I think, you know, I don't think he's going to be so scary anymore to a lot of these guys. That's right. You know, any, any top head we can see him and say, oh, okay, body shots. And you set a blueprint. And now it's up to uh, Mahmoudov to bounce back from that. He's going to have to figure something out, adjust to that, because you can tell he, was, he wasn't he was ready. He didn't really have any much of a defense for that. Right. And uh, it, it cost him, for sure. But he's an Olympic gold medalist, big-time pedigree. I don't think he deserved the gold medal because he was a pro fighter at that time. Mm-hmm. He was 8-0 already. Mm-hmm. And But anyway, I don't want to get into that. I just, But I do have my thoughts on Naiba and the Olympic <laughs> Boy, that's a whole other show. Yeah they, yeah, they make the sanctioning bodies and the pros look like Disney. Boy, <laughs> so you know, fuck them. That's saying something. But anyways, yeah, he's an Olympic gold medalist, controversially or not, but he's an Olympic gold medalist. He has the pedigree for it. Uh, he he has a future in the sport, but he, he's gonna have to make some adjustments because he those flaws were pretty glaring. Yeah, he was you know he was getting cut to the body and he was getting hit at will. It seemed like to me, and so he's gonna have to find a way to. Really defend that. Absolutely, man. Uh, again, uh, Caballero puts on a great performance, digs down, and uh, you know stands in the face of, of, of a fighter that a lot of guys have been intimidated by. Uh, he was not intimidated, and if he is, he didn't show it. He played his cards right, played his hand right, and ultimately executed a game plan uh, that led him to victory. Again, fourth round TKO, some amazing body shots uh, that, 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 that made it uh, official. Uh, speaking of official, it is official. We have another, what is it, second ever uh, two-weight yep. undisputed champion uh, for, for the fellas, for the guys. Uh, second time this has ever happened. Of course, Terrence Crawford was the first, the second, but also fastest road to being undisputed in two-weight classes belongs to the monster in a way. A impressive performance. Tenth round TKO over Marlon uh, Topalis. I mean, how about that? Yeah, I mean, when we talk about it anyway, you know, I think it needs to be understood now by everybody that you are talking about an all-time great. There's no way around it. You know, right now, uh, there's some people who are saying he could be the pound-for-pound number one. I won't disagree with you. I got Crawford, but I won't disagree with you because they have a similar resume. Right. You know, uh but, you know, going to the fight, you know, it was still, you know, in a way so explosive with this combination. It's amazing. I mean, every punch he throws has a thud to it that, you know, it, it just, you know, dynamite in, every, in, in, in both of his hands. Fights very aggressively. Very aggressively. Yeah. 
he does have some some flaws there where he he gets a little reckless once he gets going on his combinations and he kind of leaves his chin exposed. Right. So that that could be something to look out for down the line as he goes up and wait if he does. Um, but yeah, no, he's a vicious combination puncher. Yeah, great body shots. His, he knocked out uh, Topalis. I think it was a right hand right through the guard and right through the guard. And, he, and it was kind of like a delayed reaction. Uh, you saw what he did to to Fulton. That's right. I mean, he just got tremendous power in in both of his hands. I mean, this this guy. Uh, He's a special fighter. Is is the best way I could put it, and uh, you know he he did this in one calendar year. Think about that. So two divisions in one calendar year. Just for perspective, it took uh, Terence Crawford eight years. It took him eight years to accomplish this, and you know the champions that they faced in order to get that. And I'm counting. I'm only counting the the two divisions. I'm not all the divisions because they're both multi division winners. Right. But the champions that they beat to get to, to there. You know, Crawford beat Errol. He beat, I'm not going to order. He beat Thomas Dulorme. He beat Victor Postal, Julius Ndongo, Jeff Horn, and of course the big win with Errol Spence. Right. Inouye did it against Jamie McDonald, Nonito Donaire, Paul Butler, Steve uh, Fulton, and Marlon Tapales. Those are similar, similar. Uh, in quality, right? You know, they're they're not not all standouts. Even if you don't recognize the names, you got to what, what Fernando's talking about here is the quality of opponent, their records, the path that solid, each had to get there. Solid fighters, right? Because I know there's an argument going on, and it's on Twitter. Who did Inouye beat? And you can say the same thing for Crawford by the names I just mentioned, right? But I think uh, as far as accomplishment accomplishments, let's look at the at their biggest wins. Sure. Uh, Crawford, obviously, let's start with Spence. That's his most recent one. It's right. his biggest win of his career. Yes. Spence is seven and one in title fights now. Seven. That's seven wins. Okay. Porter has a, a total record of four and four. Mm. Amir Khan, one of the most accomplished guys on Crawford's record. Right. Six and four. Mm. Are we ready for anyway? Okay. Nonido Donaire, 17 and four. Wow. That's only one less than Terrence Crawford's championship record. Right. Omar Narvaez, twenty-eight and three. <sighs> That's two more than Floyd Mayweather. Wow! This guy's a surefire Hall of Famer. Right. He's not known because he competed in the super flyweight division. Right. And you know, a lot of the casuals don't know about the flyweights and all that. But right. Omar Narvaez is a bona fide legend in Argentina. Absolutely. He fought the best of the best. Absolutely. Twenty-eight championship wins. So you know what? They, you can say if you wanted to say in a way he's the best fighter, you can. I won't argue with you. I still have have Crawford. But uh, I say all this just to say that we need to give Inouye his credit as well. Absolutely. He's a great fighter. He's got a very similar trajectory. And he's fought some great names. And I think we need to give him credit for that. And again, it's two things I think working against Inouye in, 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 in your just, like you said, the casual public perception. One, a lot of his fights aren't seen. I mean, this fight happened at what, like four in the morning, five in the morning, yeah. our time. In Japan. But just here, yeah. the American audience, man, we don't see a lot of Inouye outside of what's posted for highlights and, and, and maybe on YouTube. Uh, and the other thing, it is the lower weight class. Those lower weight classes just don't get the attention that some of the other weight classes get. But nevertheless, these guys are doing the exact same thing. They're in their, you know, it, you know, in the exact same sport, putting the exact same risks on the line, just at a lower weight class. So I think those two things work against in a way. But if you are, are if you equal everything out, and we talk about pound for pound, which is a hot topic in the sport of boxing, you got to give in a way his credit. I think. You know, we're going to get to this here in a little bit. Uh, you yeah. kept talking about fighter of the year and whatnot and, and, and who's the best in the sport. We're going to get to that in a little bit. But in a way, I mean, there's just no denying what he's been able to put together and do. Yeah. Listen, he is undisputed in two weight classes within a calendar year. Yeah. Incredible. 
and that's his fourth weight class too. Yeah. And, and by the way, I mean, we talk about numbers. He's he's another set of numbers. Crawford ten and zero against current or former world champions. Yeah. In a way, thirteen and zero. There it is. Title record in championship fights. Crawford eighteen and zero, fifteen KOs. That's impressive. Very impressive. In a way, twenty one and zero, nineteen KOs. Come on now. And he's twenty six <laughs> and zero as a pro. So that just tells you, after five fights as a pro, he's fought nothing but championship fights. Incredible. You know, we talk about Lomachenko. Well, this guy did it in five fights. You know, so yeah, very comparable. You're looking at an all time great. For you know, and I can't stress that enough because you know, here in the United States, he's not as known. But I assure you, this guy is an all-time great. And and what a joy to watch. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I did uh, get a chance to watch the fight. I mean, it was a replay of the fight I, once I got up and had my coffee in the morning. But the uh, first thing I did, man, I cranked that thing on me and my nephew. We were watching it. Yeah. And so there it is, man. Uh, uh, you know, in a way, the monster lives up to the name uh, with a 10th round TKO. Uh, again, becoming undisputed. In two weight classes within a calendar year, yeah. you're just not. I mean, I don't know if you'll ever see something yeah. like that happen no. again. And shout out to, uh, by the way, Clarissa Shields because she's the only one to ever accomplish that quicker. Right. You know, for the for the women's division, she did that in 11 months. You got to give the quote her props. Yeah, give her her props. I don't want to forget her. You know, she deserves it. You know, she's going to go down as one of the all time greats in, in in her side as well. Absolutely. So for sure. But yeah. Anyways, it was an accomplishment. I can't wait to see what's next for him. I really can't. I mean, it's, it's going to be exciting. Absolutely, man. Uh, looking forward to see what's next for the monster in a way. What a, what a 2023 20, he's had. We'll see uh, what 24 has. I think he's publicly said that he plans on sticking in this weight division at least for a year. So we'll see how that works out for him. Uh, real quick, someone who stuck around for quite, quite a while and has announced retirement. And I wish we had Ivory on this program. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but referee Kenny Bayless is uh, calling it a career. How about that, man? Oh, Kenny. I mean, it's it's time. You know, what was it three decades in the sport or yeah, something like that? Yeah. Rep some of the biggest fights. He gets to chill out now. I mean, he, you know, he got he had the best heat in the house for three decades. How about that? You man? gotta love it. I can't wait to hear what Ivory has to say about it because I know he he's got some thoughts on Kenny Bayless. <laughs> well, man, me and Ivory share a little bit of perspective on there. You know, Kenny retiring. This means he'll finally get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, let him fight, Kenny. <laughs> let him work on the inside, Kenny. Kenny, aka Floyd Mayweather's best friend. Yeah, you know? for sure. But I, but I'll say this: anytime when you're a ref and, and you can retire and you know that nobody died under your watch, absolutely. I think that's a win. Yeah. I think you know uh, you get out. You get out. That's the equivalent of retiring undefeated in a way. Sure. Because there's some refs who you know they don't have that privilege to say that and. You know, you got guys like Mitch Halpern who took his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the guy that ref the Dooku Kim fight, you know, he took his life because of that. So it's a, it's a very stressful position to be in, in boxing, being the ref. Yeah. And uh, people don't realize that, especially mm-hmm. today where, where, you know, the sport is where it's at. Big responsibility. Yeah. And it's high, not easy. High stress for sure. Yeah. And, and that's why I got to shout out all the guys locally out here because they they'll ref the whole card. They'll ref the whole card out Absolutely. here. Absolutely. I know. I think you were at eight, at the H and A show yeah. not long ago. That's and right. Did your thing out there, and I bet you they only had one ref. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it was incredible. The, uh, all pro fights, one guy. You yeah. know, one guy, and half the amateur fights, right? Yeah. One yeah. guy. You know, yeah. so it was it was incredible, man, to 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 see these guys do what they do. And remember, one of the most important jobs in the sport. You know, I mean, this sport doesn't happen the way it happens. Some of these fights don't play out the way they play out without the referee doing an exceptional job. Yeah. Um, I mean, think about, think about, uh, uh, um, was it Jack Reese 
you know, his his decision against Tyson Fury when Fury was uh, unconscious. Yeah. You know, that first Deontay Wilder fight. He made the call to go ahead and make the count. I mean, yeah. a lot of a lot of referees aren't making the count right there. Yeah, sometimes they stop them depending on how they land on that floor. Yeah. Oh, that's it. They right. wave it off because, you know, you can have you can already be heavily concussed. You know, you can be hurt. You know, sometimes you get up and you know you kind of look at their feet and you look at their body language. But you know, he gave he's I think he said he gave the champion the benefit of the doubt. Right. Which it's fair, you know, and he was able to get up on his own and he was able to show that he's okay. But uh, but yeah, I mean, Summers would have stopped that the second he landed on that floor. Bon voyage, Mr. Kenny Bayless. Uh, thank you for all the years uh, that you put into the sport that we love so much. Even though sometimes you, you upset the, the, the hell out of me, Kenny. <laughs> I respect you, and I thank you. Congratulations on a retirement. Uh, Kenny Bayless, ladies and gentlemen. There he is. Uh, real quick, <laughs> another name that we're very familiar with in the sport is Gervonta Tank Davis. Hold on. Wait a minute. There is no more Javante Tank Davis. What do we have now? What happened well, here? A, introducing out of the red corner, Tank Abdul Wahid. <laughs> hey. Hey, listen. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I laugh because, well, it's just not what we're used to. But I respect the man in, in his path. He's not the first fighter to do this. Mm-hmm. not the first human being to do this. Uh, he is converted over to Islam, correct? Yeah, that's correct. And so he's got a new name. Yeah, Abdul Wahid, and hey, you know every man has a right to to be as you know called whatever he wants to call himself. That's right. You know he whatever religion he wants to follow. You know the the great Muhammad Ali, as we know, you know wasn't always Muhammad Ali. Yeah, and uh, he's one of the greatest names of all time. You know, so hey, you know this is good for for him. If this helps him, you know, with him as a person, right? You know, whether it be mentally, spiritually, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Good for him. I'll part to him. Maybe, God bless. May, maybe he still goes by Tank Davis. I don't know. Maybe or and that's just his legal name. Tank Wahid. Yeah, maybe Tank Wahid. It, it sounds sounds cool. Hey, Abdul Wahid sounds great to me. Hey, did, Mohammed, did you find out what that means? You said you found out hey, what that I means. Think it's the servant of the one. How about that? And uh, hey, at one point Muhammad Ali was Cassius X. I thought that would be cool. <laughs> right. I thought that was cooler. But <laughs> yeah. hey, yeah. yeah, he's Muhammad Ali. So hey, you know what? It's it, it's his business. It's what he wants, and uh, good for him. Whatever helps him to be a better person, if that's what he feels he needs. I think it's good, you know. Just, just get used to it. And get used to it. You know, maybe he goes by that name publicly. Maybe he doesn't. I don't, I don't Well, it remains to be seen. But I'm going to still call him Tank. Yeah, Tank. Tank. Tank's the. <laughs> I mean, because sure. I, th- I think he hangs on to the yeah. Tank. I guess that's yeah. to be determined, right? Yeah. 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 Doesn't Mike Tyson have a Muslim name as well, does he not? After he, you know, oh, does he? I, I, I think I, I remember I, that. I think he You're does, right. but he just goes by Mike Tyson. But I, just I, brand at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think he does have a Muslim name. Okay. Uh, I have to look into it, but yeah, I think he does. I think is There it is. Uh, so, so, Javante Davis, no more, uh, introducing Abdul Wahid Tank. Abdul Wahid. We'll, we'll find out how that works out, man. But congratulations, congratulations to Tank. Who, Tank. by the way, made some other great news, man. Buying out the block back in his hometown yeah. and, and doing some good things for the community out there. Yeah. Hey, man, God bless this man. Yeah, you love to see that. You love to see when you know when you come back when when you come from a from a certain environment and then you come back and you improve that. You know, I think I think it's uh, something to to be proud of. And you know, he's going to help a lot of people with that. So I think you know something to be proud of for sure. Absolutely, man. Uh, real quick, man, because this, uh, you know, we are wrapping up uh, an amazing year for boxing, yeah. an amazing year for the sweet for science. I sure. uh, want to talk about a couple of things here, a, a big debate that we were talking about earlier. Who is the fighter of the year? And there's been so much debate online. There's been so much debate between fighters themselves. Fighter of the year, for me, comes down to two candidates. You've got Terrence Crawford 
and you've got the monster in a way. Um, where do you where, 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 you, where are you at on this fighter of this fighter, year? Well, fighter, this, this amazing year, who has been the standout above all standouts? Oh, who was the fighter yeah, of the year? For sure, in a way, he had the better year, much better year. You know, like I said, one calendar year, he unified two divisions, completely unified them, all four belts. That's incredible. You know, Crawford fought Spence, huge win, huge moment, huge event. Um, but prior to that, he fought uh, Kim Kardashian's little brother, right, David, right, <laughs> David, right, Card- right, right. <laughs> David of Anisian, right. you know, David Kardashian, whatever. Right. We did not need to see that fight, but for right. whatever reason, Crawford felt he needed to give us that. Yeah. And then he waited, you know, another seven months to fight Crawford and uh, to fight Spence, and he hasn't fought since. Right. You know, not taking anything away from him, but he's just not the fighter of the year. Would you, w- would you say uh, fighter of the year, monster in a way, but current pound for pound is probably Terrence Crawford? Yeah, for sure. I, I, think, I, I think that's where I sit. I think there's no problem there. I mean, he, Crawford, even even though I, I, everything I just mentioned, he's still undeniably the best fighter in the world. You know, his fundamentals, his skills, everything is there. Bet the best witch hitter can beat you up. Southpaw can beat you conventional. Just you know, he's the best fighter. The eye test doesn't lie. His accomplishments, his accomplishments don't lie. His record doesn't lie. He's forty and zero. Definitely the best pound for pound fighter. He's just not the fighter of the year. That's right. You know, we've had years where somebody has had a big win, but then you know, a fighter just had a better year than them. Doesn't mean they're the best pound for pound. It just means they had a better year. Right. We got to pay attention to the category we're talking about here. And I think I'm right there with you. I think, yeah, fighter of the year, the monster in a way, has definitely earned that. Again, becoming undisputed in two different weight classes within the year. And then you've got Terrence Crawford, who to me is pound for pound number one. I I think he's the best fighter pound for pound in the sport. It's two different things. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in in a way, you know, he's got a big time future ahead of him. And like like I said, 21 and 0 in championship fights. Yeah. While he's 26 and 0. So, I mean, he's been fighting for championships almost every fight. Right. So, I mean, this guy, he's a top guy. He's a fighter of the year. You know, if Crawford was to retire, I think he'd be universally pound for pound number one. Right. You know, I had him as number one for a while because I was pissed off at Crawford and right. Spence right. for not making that fight. But when they, they made that fight, and I gave it back to Crawford because, you know, he is the best. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's really between Crawford and Inouye, you know. and I mean, and speaking of Crawford, though, I would say that he had, you know, what I would call the performance of the year. For sure. I mean, what he did against Earl Spence, I just, I'm still blown away by that. Yeah. It was a, on paper, this was a 50-50 fight. It was a super fight. People were talking about this could be the next Leonard uh, and Hearns of our time. Right. And I believed it. I believed it was going to be a good, close fight. But I also thought that Crawford was going to stop uh, Spence. I, I I was saying that for a long time. A lot of other people thought I was crazy. Yeah. Um, we debated it. We because, debated because it. Because I said, look, I think it's going to be close for, for the first half. But I think later on, I think Crawford's skill is going to show he's going to stop him. He did earlier than I thought he would. But I I, I did say Crawford's going to stop Spence. And it was. The way he did it, it was it was the performance of the year. I mean, he dominated this guy. He dropped him three times, just punished him. I don't know if Spence will be the same again after that, to be honest right. with you. Um, you know, I know they're talking about a rematch. I don't know what will be different this time other than maybe an earlier. Right. But I, I want to see it because I want to see what Errol Spence can do to adjust. Right. If he does the same game plan, it's a wrap, and it's going to be a wrap earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, right, that that's uh, one of the you know things that we see very commonly in rematches. Same result, just faster. 
Um, but, you know, again, it is supposed to happen at some time uh, this coming year. We'll see. But, yeah, I think performance of the year, definitely Terrence Crawford does win that category. I think, again, he remains pound for pound number one in the sport. Yeah. Uh, fighter of the year, I definitely give that to the monster. But performance of the year, best pound for pound as well. I think both go to Terrence Bud Crawford, who, I mean, golly, man, based off that performance against Errol Spence, you think this guy's got to be at the peak of his powers here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And look, there's been times where the number one and the number two guy have been miles apart. Right. This is not the case with these two guys. That's right. It's not the case. And, uh, you know, at any given moment, if one of them slips up, the other one is the solidified number one. But in a way, it's on his trail, man. He's on I, he's on his heels, man, for I, sure. And I do want to give just like an honorable mention just to somebody who had a, a solid year, even though it was only two performances, man. I mean, David Benavides really, I think, uh, converted a lot of people over to, you know, believing in what he's got going on this year, too. I mean, yeah. performance against Plant, outstanding. Performance against uh, Andre, uh, incredible. Uh, David Benavides, I think, is on a very nice trajectory at this well, moment. For sure, for sure. You know, I think if we were doing nominees, it'd be, you know, Inouye, Crawford, Benavides, and you can probably throw in Devin Haney. Yeah, sure. Even sure. though I didn't think he beat Loma, but right. he, he did get the win on, on paper at the end of the day. At the end he, of the day, He yeah. had that big win against Progress. So, you know, those will be your nominees for sure. And, you know, Benavides is, I think he's yet to hit his prime. That's that's how good I think that's he is. That's what's scary. I think he has yet to hit That's his another best. guy they call the monster. He's yeah, a Mexican, Mexican monster. monster. And yeah, I think, he, I think he's one or two years away. Maybe another weight class away before you really see his peak, mm. and I think that's when you really need to watch out right there. Wow, man! For I sure. mean, obviously everybody is calling for him and Canelo to get it on. We'll see how that happens. Yeah. You also got guys like David Morell out there who might have a little something to say about all that. But, yeah. but yeah, David Benavides, I thought had, a, had an outstanding year. Both of his performances were very impressive, if you ask me. Okay. Uh, very high trajectory, if you ask yeah. me. Um, but I tell you what shocked me: shocker of the year. Uh, because we, I can't forget about this. And, and it's funny to even mention this. I can't believe that this is part of the conversation. But to me, the most shocking uh, turn of events this year was in Ganu Fury. I mean, yeah. I'm still in shock on how that played out. I just, just didn't see that coming for a mile, man. Yeah, no, I mean, I thought, I thought that man was in trouble the second that fight was signed. I thought he was going to get stopped early. I thought, you know, Fury's not about to go play with his money. Right. You know, he's got the Uzik fight coming. I thought he was going to be maybe within the first four rounds. I thought Ngannou was, was was gone. And he, you know, arguably won the fight. You know, it was a split decision. I, I had it close for Fury. But even that's crazy. A close decision for Fury. You crazy. Know, uh, it's insane. Making your pro debut against the world champion and you hold him to a split decision. That's, you know, he's ranked in the top ten now because of it. <laughs> it's so, so I mean, crazy. It, it, it really was, in a way, the upset or the shocker of the year, even though he didn't win it. Right, because he he did shock Fury. He put him on his ass. Yeah, I mean, dude, let's yeah. not forget about that man. He knocked down Tyson Fury and, and had Fury. I think Fury's still confused. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think, and yeah. you. We went away from this event almost as if Ngannou had won, right? Because he won the night. He right. won the event. Right. Even he though he was not the victor, he still, and, like you said, won the event. And Fury, you know, he wasn't. You know, he was very humbled. You can tell in the way he when he was doing his interview. Oh, I just thought I didn't. He was better than I thought he was, and. You know, he, he almost looked like a defeated man. And so, yeah, for me, yeah, for sure, I have to agree with you. That's the upset of the year, the shocker of the year. Um, you know, another honorable mention would be the Parker against Wilder because we all thought he was, was right. going to be knocked out on that one. But, you but know, yeah. you know, uh, you know, one thing I want to say this, and this isn't in our, in our notes or anything, and we're going to get to event of the year, which is going to involve talks about 
the Saudis, right? Uh, yeah. Turkey Al Al Sheikh, right? His Excellency, right? Who was investing? Who's a big fan of the sport of boxing and investing? But real quick, before we, you know, recognize, you know, them as the event of the year, I want to say this: uh, How tough is it, right? Because they're making these investments. They're basically placing bets to set up mega fights. Almost upset by Nganu. I mean, who saw that one coming, right? Because yeah. that was supposed <laughs> to be just a quick little showcase tune-up to get yeah. ready for the the big fight, the yeah. undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. That was almost thrown off completely off course. And then this AJ Wilder thing was thrown completely off course because Wilder failed to show up, man. I yeah. mean, you, you kind of worry about those things happening a little bit, man, especially when you got someone forking over so much money to, to set these big events up. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you saw Fury go down, if you're Turkey Ella, she could probably thinking, "Oh, man. <laughs> you got you got to be kidding like, me! You got, you better get up!" And what the hell's going on? But uh, but yeah, I mean, it you you can almost see that money slip through your fingers when you see when something like that happens, and so you think you start to think, "Man, boy, is Ngannou a solid fighter? Should I just hype him up?" Next? Right. Or, what, what, do we do what, what can we do now? Is he yeah. fight? Oh, you know, I can already see it. I was watching that fight too, and I was like, "No, nah, Fury's gonna get up right now. He's gonna stop him. He's gonna tell him to quit playing with him." Right. But. No, I mean it was a, it was a, a lot of a lot of things could have changed had it gone to one. So absolutely, man. But again, uh, about uh, his excellency, right, Turkey El Sheikh, who was leading the charge uh, for Saudi Arabia and putting on together these incredible events. I mean, some of the biggest, most spectacular events we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, I think again, event of the year. There were some really big fights, big events this year. But I think overall, I think you've got to give it to the Day of Reckoning. Just sure. that 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 stacked lineup. All the big names, even though some of them weren't necessarily fighting each other, just to have that kind of card. Yeah. I think that's what boxing has been missing. Fernando, before this happened, we were talking about this, yes. man. Yes, we, we called did. for this to happen, yeah. and somehow, I mean, it was manifested. So, I mean, I think definitely you got to give uh, their credit. Reckoning of the year, to me, is definitely the event of the year. No, for sure. And and before I, I get into that, I, can we say Turkey Al Ashik is the promoter of the year? I, I would say because, so. I, mean, I would say so. You know, I haven't seen a promoter do cards this big in a long time. I mean, he got, what, 12 different promoters yeah. in the room and said, look, these are the fights we want. You represent these fighters. Here's the money. Make it happen. I don't care who doesn't like who, who said what about who. Fuck all that. Make the, make make the fight happen. happen. Yeah, for sure. I mean, ain't nothing like Saudi money to make you come together and, <laughs> and make the best fights you know possible. So... You know, I, I just wish they were around back in 09, boy, back, back when we really boy. needed uh, prime May, uh, Mayweather and Pacquiao. Boy. Man, the fight that would have been back in the day. Absolutely. But, hey, we got them now. Better and, late yeah, than never. And we're, and we're getting some of the fights that we need made. They're getting made. So, you know, they are reckoning for sure. Event of the year. You know, we, we talked about it earlier on in, in the show. You you got to look back to the May, May of 94 uh, revenge night of the rematches. Event. Right. To find an event that you can compare to this one because it was eight big time fights, and what I mean by that is eight big names on right. the same show. Right. They they're not all fighting big names, but they're featuring eight big names. Right. And that's what that's kind of what you want. You know, it's it sets them all up to fight someone else down the line. You know, maybe you know you fo you, fo you feature Jay Opitaya again on the next one because right. he did such a good performance. Uh, you give maybe um, Ajit Kabayel another opportunity after that upset. You know. Hey, maybe match him up with uh, with uh, Parker, you know, or something like that. I mean, two guys that pulled off an upset. Now let's match them together. So you got a lot of things that you can do with 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 cards like that when you have big names on the card, right? Uh, you know, you have your showcase of in Dimitri Bivo. He's just there taking a stay busy fight. You got the job done. Now we're waiting to see what happens with Baturbiev. Absolutely. Know. 
I mean, yeah, because I mean, you really do have to go back a ways to see those kind of cards, man. Yeah. I mean, I was, I, I think I saw something posted. Uh, was it earlier in the month? Uh, Dan Rayfield. Uh, you know, he always shares yeah. posters and things yeah. like that. Uh, shout out to to, to 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 the boxing guy. Um, and I was looking at a poster, man, from twenty years ago, uh, uh, from December. Uh, it was a night uh, uh, Hopkins versus Joppy. I right. remember that night, yeah. yeah uh, Rockman versus Ruiz, yeah. right? The Quiet Man. Uh, then you had Mayorga versus Spinks. Yep. You had Zab Judah on the card. Alex Garcia, who at the time was a big name. Yeah. I mean, again, this used to happen. Yeah. It's just been decades. Yeah. And by the way, you know, we, we don't give him enough credit, but Don King was was pretty good at doing that. You I know, mean, that was a Don King card. He yeah. Would get, he would get the big the big names on the same show, you know, and. You know, I don't know about his business practices. I know some champions sued him, but he would get them get them to fight on the same card. You yeah, know? and we're talking about Hall of Famers as well. I mean, we we would you know we can go back to the nineties, and I and I talk about this a lot. But you have names out there like Terry Norris, Julian Jackson, Asuma Nelson. Yeah, you know Chavez, Lennox Lewis, Tony Tucker, Holyfield, Bo. You had all these guys, you know, that he can put on 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 the same show and. And if you and if you go on BoxRec and you click on the event section of of some of these fights, if they're promoted by Don King, you more than likely had five title fights on there. Incredible. Yeah, you know, I mean, he would put on some big big fights. <sighs> See, man, we went from only in America, now we're in only, only in Saudi. But I'll take it if man. we get the big if, if we get the big fights. I'll take it for sure. I hope that I hope that encourages some folks to step their game up. That's all I'm gonna say, man. But I, again, ABC, step your game up. Uh, also. There it is, right? <laughs> you and Amazon over there, right? Step your game up because we yeah, we need some big fights, and it seems like you guys are the only ones that are not kind of they're not catching up here. That's it, man. I absolutely love it. Again, what an event! What a way to end out the year, right? A day of reckoning. Uh, it was, you know, I gotta say this too, just on a personal level, it was so nice being able to be with the family around that time of year, all together, and be able to turn on that and enjoy that. Um, I, the card was almost damn too long. Yeah. But, but you know, I enjoyed it, every moment of it, and and and, and I want to see more of it, man. Yeah, but I think if you're if you're the Saudi guys, if you're Turkey, Al-Al Sheikh, maybe the next trip you do five big fights. Right. You, know, you, don't, you don't need eight. <laughs> it was good for us. If you're a hardcore boxing fan, yeah. Oh, I was, yeah, absolutely. You know, but five, five is a good number. That's a good number. Five is a good number. Let's get five title fights or just five big names fighting. And I think you got a good recipe for success there. You know, for sure, you know, the pay-per-view numbers, I think, will, will go up. And I can't wait for the next event they do. By the way, pay-per-view numbers, what a nice break on the price, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, what was it, 40 bucks or something? Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. I mean, compared to some of these Andy Ruiz versus Chris Ariola for 80 bucks. Come on, man. Why? What are, what are we doing? <laughs> God damn. PBC, this is why I'm telling you. <laughs> that's it, <laughs> you guys, man. You got to see to step it up, man. That, that's just bullshit. Yeah, it is, man. Nobody, nobody's trying to see that. And these guys gave us the biggest event of the year for forty bucks. Come on, almost this was almost what they charged back in the day for for the That's HBO right. shows. I That's mean, right. this is the way it's done. There it is, y'all. You know, when I saw that price, I said, "Oh man, boxing is back, baby." <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. Uh, but there it is, man. And, and real quick, as you know, we are wrapping up uh, what has been one of the most incredible years of boxing in recent memory. Um, I just want to also talk about a little bit, and we'll run through this briefly. Uh, what's coming up in 2024? Now, we know some things are certain. Uh, we know that coming up in January, a couple of fights already on the calendar. Uh, one of the baddest guys, man, that we really enjoy fighting, man, Arthur Betterbeef, taking on uh, Callum Smith uh, in January. That should be a fun fight. It should, for sure. And he's got a lot riding on this. I, I mean, was going to say, a lot leading yeah. up. You know, this could lead to something yeah. really special. If he, if he wins this, you know, there's reports. I mean, there's, uh, not confirmed, but he might have a fight lined up with uh, Bivol. 
boy over in Saudi boy and so you know he's got a lot a lot on the line here hopefully you know it, it does come you know, come out the way it needs to how do you see that but fight real quick it's not going to be easy because yeah. he, he's a pretty uh smith is a very tall lanky guy and he's got pop as well you've seen you know i've seen him knock out some people you know so he's he's got some some really good pop man he he's, he can put people to sleep uh, if, if you're not careful um it should so be a good fight. It should be a good fight. But in, and that's coming up next month. Yeah, next month. And Baturbi is, what, 38 years old? So that's he, right. He's, he's got to go. He's got to get going. He's, he's got to get go. going for sure. Also uh, in January, Hyman Mungia steps up to take on John Ryder. Remember, John Ryder, um, although I, I definitely wouldn't call it competitive, hung in there uh, with Canelo Alvarez, kind of making a name for himself in defeat. Uh, but he's going to be taking on Hyman Mungia. That, to me, that's a bit of an intriguing matchup. It is, and you know, John Ryder's got a, a victory over uh, Jacobs. That's right, Daniel Jacobs. Daniel Jacobs, right? I think he won a couple rounds with with Canelo. Um, this could be a tough fight. This could be a a very tough fight for uh, for Mungia. You know, he's been, you know, I don't want to use this word, but he's been babied. Sure. In his last few fights, I mean, he's ever since his breakout performance against Saddam Ali, he's had thirteen fights of just that don't do anything for him. Right. You know they haven't really turned him loose, and he needs to. They need to get going on. It's he's, time to go. He's twenty-seven years old, forty-two and zero, and he hasn't really fought anybody. It's time to go. It's time to get going. Yeah, and uh, you know I think what it is. I think they're they're a little hesitant because he does get hit. Right, and you know horrible defense, horrible defense, <laughs> great offense, just completely terrible defense. Right, and so I I, I get wh- where they're coming from, but. They got. They have to take a risk at some point. Now it's getting to where you gotta see what you have here, right? Uh, and I tell you, the, the you know something that is marked on my calendar for sure because it's been a long time, ladies and gentlemen. By the time this fight happens, what it'll be twenty five years since we've had an undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. That's something we've got coming up in February, man. It's finally happened. Tyson Fury uh, taking on Alexander Usyk. Boy, uh, we've been waiting for this, Fernando. Yep, we have. We have, and. You know, again, Saudi money. Here we go. <laughs> making it happen. And, and they're making it happen, and it's going to be a big event. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I know they said that, hey, if you liked Nganu uh, Fury, wait till you see this. I think that's what they said. Yeah. So I can't wait to see this event. Another spectacle. You know, I'm hoping the undercard is just as good. A spectacle with substance this time because yes. we're actually going to get an undisputed heavyweight champion. For sure. And so I, I can't wait to see it. We've been we've been calling for it for, for a long time. After this, then we know. Then we, it's gonna get it's gonna get interesting after this because now we have a lot of, of these guys from the day of reckoning card that are ready, right? That are ready for for opportunities. I'm not so. even I'm not even gonna ask you how you see that fight yet because that's a long conversation yeah. that we are definitely gonna have. But we know that it's coming up in February. We will finally get uh, the fight for undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, Tyson Fury, Alexander Usyk. And again, we don't have a date on this. It, it seems like they really haven't made any progress on finalizing any details about this, but supposedly it is going to be happening. Spence versus Crawford, the rematch. Yeah, you know, the first fight was a big event. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I'm really curious to see what weight it's going to be at mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, 154, I think is what they're, what they're wanting, but Crawford might, Want to keep it at forty seven? I don't know. I think if you're Crawford, you already dominated this guy. Let him have the weight. Yeah. What, what do you got to lose? Yeah, you know? I mean you're walking around two hundred anyway. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, I mean so <laughs> let him have the weight. Who cares? Yeah, I think you're gonna win anyways. But uh, I think uh, I'm I'm curious to see what a one fifty four pound Errol Spence, who you know is in top shape, can do here. I just I don't know that he's gonna make the adjustments. You know, I I'm, I almost want to say you you have to get Crawford out of there early. Yeah, you have to get him out of there early. Catch him with something, and just you know, don't ease up. Let you know because 
I think the longer this fight goes, I think it's going to benefit Crawford. And uh, sure. I, I think so too, man. I mean, it's hard to see it going any differently. Although I didn't anticipate the first fight going the way it did. It's a lot of questions for me there. And, and it's something that when we finally maybe get an announcement of when, and as we approach the fight, we'll analyze a little further and deeply, but uh, nevertheless, it is supposed to be happening. We will get the rematch supposedly uh, with uh, Terrence Crawford, uh, who to me is pound for pound number one in the sport right now against Earl Spence Jr. And you got to think Earl's going to try to dig deep. He's, he don't like the way he went out. No, no, he, you can tell it uh, it, it kind of hurt his pride a little bit. And, you know, he he was a pound for pound guy, man. And yeah. Some people have knocked him off his list based off that performance. Sure. So, so yeah. I mean, and heard uh, much mention of Earl since that fight. Yeah, I mean, he's he's kind of faded away a little bit. And so well, this is a good opportunity for him. If he pulls this off, hey. You right back in the mix. Back in the mix, and you just beat. Leapfrog you know, everybody. <laughs> yeah, you beat the best guy in the world. Right. You know, I can't put you number one, honestly, right, right. Because, but you beat the best guy in the world. Do it again, maybe. Right. Yeah, do it again, <laughs> do it again, do it again right. maybe. You know, uh, stay at 54. You know, I would I've, I've love to see either, either of these guys down the line fight Tim Zhu, mm. maybe a, re- a rehabbed Jamal, or Jamel Charlo because sure. you know, he's got that loss. And right. He's, he's going to try to bounce back from. But uh, there's a big future for both the guys at 54, and I think they both have indicated it. Also, at the time of this recording, just announced uh, by top rank uh, Bob Arum was, was, was making the announcement that Super Bowl weekend, uh, well, Super Bowl week, I should say, because this is going to be on a Thursday night. This, yeah. this just came in right before we started recording today. Uh, February 8th, Super Bowl week, Teofimo Lopez is back. Uh, he's going to be facing a really game opponent in Jermaine Ortiz. Yeah, that's a good fight. Ortiz gave uh, Lomachenko a pretty tough fight when they fought. Yeah. You know, it's a close decision, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, Which you know he's probably got, a, got better because of that, that Yeah, fight. no, he definitely got better. And I yeah. think he's going to give Teo a, a really good fight. You know, be careful if you're Teo. You don't know, sleep on this kid. Don't sleep on this kid like you did Cambosis mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. this kid can give you a good fight. Uh, a, a win over this guy, a more convincing win over this guy than Loma will kind of make a statement for Teo. Mm-hmm. So I look forward to seeing that and see what he can do with this guy because he's not going to be an easy guy for sure. Also, uh, Keyshawn Davis, who's been making a, a lot of uh, noise, is going to be taking on the sniper, Jose Pedraza, uh, on the undercard of that same fight, man, on Thursday, February 8th, uh, undercard of Teofimo Lopez. Uh, man, it's, that's a nice little touch to Super Bowl week. Yeah, for sure. And Pedraza, you know, he's not not an easy guy, but he's he's kind of become like a, a, a gatekeeper, like a test to see. Right. This, this will let you know where you stand as far as the elite. So, you know, a big win over Pedraza, maybe a stoppage win over Pedraza can kind of put Keyshawn Davis here at the, at the top, you know, at, at the top of the prospects. Absolutely. For sure. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, what, what a year it has been. Fernando, I appreciate you so much, my brother. It's been, it's been great calling, the, calling all this action, all these fights with you. And, of course, Ivory, who we hope to get on on the next episode. Uh, but man, what a year it's been, my brother! Man, what a year! You know, been happy to be here this year. You know, I, this is the first time I've ever done a podcast before. Yeah. You know, kind of got me out of my comfort zone, but here I am. <laughs> the whole year, you know, we got to talk to some people here and shout out to Ivory, shout out to the Butcher. I know we'll see them again down the line. Absolutely, and I uh, can't wait to see what 2024 has in store, man. Oh man, we are looking forward to it. Full steam ahead. We've got some great things. Uh, that we've been working on here at Fair Ones and Fairways. So thank you so much uh, for tuning in, for subscribing, for streaming, all those good things. Trust us, we are cooking up something even bigger and better for you for the upcoming year. Happy New Year to you and yours, man. Happy New Year to you, man. It's going to be a great one, man. It's going to be a great year. You know how we say it, Fair Ones and Fairways family. Until next time, keep your hands up.